I'm Molly Anders. And I'm Ella Torrance. And you're listening to Dig Deeper, a deep dive into the psychological explanations of social experiences, everyday struggles, and philosophical perspectives. Today, we'll be talking about cuffing season. As I'm sure everyone is super unclear on how to date in our new coronavirus normal, we thought it would be nice to dedicate an episode to this year's unique cuffing season circumstances. (laughs) So what is cuffing season? Is it just this weird internet phenomenon? Is it a psychological reaction to the seasons changing? Is it biology? And then how does it affect behavior and patterns? And what are the differences this year because we're in a pandemic? So, for those who don't know, cuffing season is the winter months that are rumored to be the time of year when single people seek out relationships, aka someone to cuff. That's how Daniel and I were. Like, we met in the fall and then we're together in the winter. Now that I kind of think about it, most of my relationships have been winter things. So what is the history of the word cuffed? What does it mean? Um, <laughs> I've never really thought about this before, but I'm guessing that if you're handcuffed to someone, it means you're <laughs> together. It's Very kind of like the ball and chain type analogy, bringing it into the 20th century. I don't know why I always thought cuffs on your clothing, because they're like fancy, <laughs> like weddings. I mean, I don't think so, but it could be. <laughs> Just having so much more free time for so long, I think a lot of people got more into online dating. I've noticed so many people I know have gotten in relationships because of it. They wouldn't have been online dating otherwise. I had been quarantining alone for quite some time, and at a certain point, I just got really, not even really lonely, just like I craved human interaction. Usually I wouldn't go on a Tinder date. I was just at a point where I was like, I need to hang out with somebody. So just to bring in that psychology, let's talk about what happens in your brain when you are falling in love or when you are wanting to form a relationship. Yeah, so one of the most important key terms (laughs) is uh, your limerence, which is an involuntary interpersonal state that involves an acute longing for emotional reciprocation, obsessive thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, as well as emotional dependence on another person. So in the state of the world we are now, (laughs) people are left alone with their thoughts, which allows obsessive thoughts about a certain individual or about the idea of dating and it's why we form crushes form crushes and form this made-up codependence on someone else Mm, yes this reminds me of the fantasy world of crushes yeah yeah and then there's also other neurotransmitters i think we've talked about dopamine and estrogen and serotonin before Mm -hmm. and like dopamine is the neurotransmitter which activates the reward system and things like cortisol increase during the initial phase of romantic love and it signals our bodies to deal with this emergency at hand Mm -hmm. i'm putting emergency in quotes because the emergency in this situation is being in love with someone or having a crush on someone Um, And then another hormone that increases would be norepinephrine, which accounts for the dizzying feeling of intoxication that accompanies (laughs) falling in love. 
And then there's testosterone in both women and men, and estrogen specifically in women, which causes the increased feeling of sexual lust towards your newly found crush. And then there's also serotonin, and when your serotonin levels become depleted, it makes these obsessive behaviors brought on by early stages of love even more intense. I met my girlfriend online. I met her on Tinder. We talked for a long time and like conversation just continually got better and it wasn't just surface level. I feel like I definitely knew that she was someone that I like wanted to pursue a relationship with. So I went on a date with this guy and it was like fine. It was you know, decent, and then I had another date scheduled for a couple days later, and I went on a date with that guy, and that guy had a boat, <laughs> and he told me he would take me out on that boat the next date we went on, so I was like, yeah, I'm going on this boat ride, I can't wait for that. At first, I didn't really like him that much, I thought he was, like, fine, but I wasn't that interested in him, and then at some point on the boat, I was like, this guy's cute, I like him a lot, and then we kissed on the boat, and that was that. So with all of this media influence of love, and by that I mean romantic stories and rom-coms, we have a lot of expectations based on that idolized version of love stories. So how do you think that ties in with cuffing season and this desire to be cuffed at a certain time? Yes, yes. Well, I think based on advertising, you have the Christmas and the Valentine's Day, which are clearly very coupley holidays. Also, in a lot of movies and TV shows, you have this kind of thinking high school movies. There's the beginning of the year, the fall, when everyone's meeting each other and these new connections are being formed. And then generally by winter, the main relationship of the rom-com begins. And then normally by spring, it's when the problems arise (laughs) and they break up or however the story ends. So I think a lot of the times you just think of love like this love story that you've seen throughout the media. And also just the need to romanticize our own lives. Yes. Like, we put ourselves in love stories that don't even exist. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know that when I'm alone with my thoughts, like, you fantasize about these romantic endeavors mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily plausible, maybe, in real life, but, like, yeah. could be in, like, a romantic story. I don't know. With increased isolation also increases your... Like, mm-hmm. fantasy world? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... While it definitely is this idea that seems really good and feels really really good in the moment to think about, in the long run, I really think it, it makes you a lot less happy, right? Because we have these expectations that lead to failed relationships because mm-hmm. they're not what we expect them to be. And I definitely have experienced that myself, totally idolizing a person and then in actuality being super let down by them because they're not the person that I wanted them to be in my head. Mm-hmm. Or even I wasn't the person that I wanted to be in my head. And I feel like that causes a lot of failed relationships. And there's definitely, like, solidified, reliable statistics that Mm -hmm. are talking about how when your expectations are up, your happiness goes down in terms of, like, relationship status. Because you're expecting this person to be your best friend, your romantic lover, and also your counselor and your teacher and, like, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's very disappointing, I guess, when those fantasies aren't met with reality. 
So bringing it back more specifically to cuffing season and cuffing season specifically this year, there's a lot of research <laughs> that cuffing season has been a lot more or could be a lot more prominent during COVID because first of all, people are just a lot lonelier like we were talking about. And a lot of people aren't going home for the holidays to see their family. So they just don't want to be alone. And then there's this influx of video dates and dating apps and all of these are kind of easier ways to meet people. It's less stress. And also, like we were talking about with a fantasy, especially before meeting someone, it's a lot easier to fantasize about them. And, you know, you don't have any idea of who they actually are. So you kind of make it up in your head, which I think perpetuates this cuffing season system. Exactly. And also, even when we were talking about dating apps in a previous episode, it kind of ties into how when we're in quarantine, it it's an activity because people are bored mm-hmm. and dating apps, dating apps are an activity that's fun to do and is rewarding. And um, when you're more lonely, there's more thinking time and then there's more thinking about relationship time. <laughs> yeah. ever knowing them beforehand just meeting on an app because I didn't we didn't have anyone in common that we knew of for like a long time so we thought we were complete strangers and it was weird to get to know someone completely from scratch this was like a very new experience I feel like when you're talking about dating culture there's kind of two separate Um, entities. So there's the hookup culture and then there's the cuffing culture. (laughs) And we've been talking about cuffing culture, meaning wanting to like be in a relationship. And then there's hookup culture, which is more, I don't want to say like disposable love, but like more, I don't know how to define it. Yeah, more like temporary stuff, which makes sense why there is a designated cuffing season because when you are in those winter months you are stuck inside you are probably more craving like stability and dependence Mm -hmm. and like you want to have a grounding support system in your life when in the summertime when it's sunny out people are more likely to be taking risks and going on adventures and there's a almost a less desire to be so stable because you are doing, like, fun things and it's summertime and adventures. So this year, it seems like it's logical that cuffing season would be exaggerated because of this, you know, we're inside year-round pretty much, and the statistics do back that up. So Match Group, which is the company or whatever that controls 60% of dating apps, says that there's been a 15% increase in dating app subscribers since the second half of 2020, which means that people that haven't had dating apps in the past are going on dating apps. And then on OkCupid, <laughs> there's been a 700% increase in dates. No um, way. 700%? <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> um, and then also on Bumble, something I read, one in four Bumble users as of right now are new to the app, which means that more and more people are like trying out dating apps. Wow. Yeah, and then there's been uh, 70% more video calls on Bumble. More people have been having actual dates online. That's really interesting. I guess adopt and overcome, you know? Like yeah. You gotta, you can't meet up in person, so yeah. video's the next best thing. Well, and it's interesting the way that I think hookup culture was kind of 
easy on Tinder or on dating apps before COVID, but now it's become this much more complex issue where everyone has their own situation that they feel comfortable with COVID-wise. I feel like it takes away a lot of the appeal of hookup culture. Right? Because the point of hookup culture is not having to communicate. But you have to talk about and it. not first. having to, like, care about your impact on this person. You know, like, yeah. it's... It- but I think in the end it could be positive because I think communication is always a good yeah, thing. Communication's never bad. And, like, yeah, and I think... I think the key is being upfront about what you want so that the people that are participating in cuffing season, <laughs> you know, are are talking to the right people that have the same intentions as, as them. And then along with COVID, people are talking to other people that have the same boundaries as them. Communication like that is always a good thing. You know your um, beliefs and comfort levels align, I yeah. guess, if you have that conversation. The data also supports that people during this time period have been taking dating apps a lot more seriously. Interesting. Yeah. Because of all the reasons we've said before, people are actually seeking out love and, like, Mm -hmm. romance. I think people are valuing each other more and human connection more than ever before. Yeah. Which is cool. I like that. Also, something that I was looking up doing some research on Bumble, they have these new filters or, like, badges, I think is what they call them, where, like, you can talk about what you feel comfortable with, what you're looking for, which I think is super cool so that you only match with or whatever people that have similar intentions as you. Yeah. I wonder if that will adapt in the future when we don't have to worry about COVID safety and stuff. I wonder if they'll keep a feature of your intentions or, like, Mm -hmm. somehow work that into normal society. Because I feel like it also can be really hard to make friends and sometimes I think people are on dating apps just to make friends. Isn't there like Bumble for friends? Yes, yes there is. (laughs) And there's Bumble for business. What? (laughs) Yes. Wait. It's like the modern way of business Yes, wait, wait. I want to show you. It's insane. Okay, so we just looked it up. It's called Bumble Biz. <laughs> yep, we've brought our signature woman-first swiping experience to the professional world. Designed wow. to shake up the way you network online. Ooh! How that would work. That is actually kind of powerful. Okay, They're feminist Bumble. views. <laughs> well, you can do it all. This is not a Bumble ad, but... <laughs> it seems like you can do but it all it really. <laughs> Wow, Bumble's great. Friends, (laughs) relationships, business. It does it all. Our relationship got pretty serious, like as serious as it could have gotten for the circumstances in a very short amount of time. It was really fun. It felt like a completely different thing than any other romantic relationship I've been in. I don't know. It's been really good. We said, like, I love you really quick. And she's kind of just, like, my person. And that's how I feel about it. And I feel like I knew that pretty quick. So, in conclusion, people are lonely. (laughs) Cuffing season is a thing. And Bubble's good for business. (laughs) (laughs) So, that was take deeper. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I'm Ella Torrance. And I'm Molly Anders.